Listener Production. Wall Street treads water as it dodges another inflation bullet. And Aussie shares are set to open lower despite mergers and acquisition activity in the lithium sector. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Thursday, the 11th of May, and welcome to the Comsec Market Update. It's always good to get a big inflation number out of the way uh, without any casualties, that seems to be. Uh, how we were, can report things in terms of the inflation report overnight? Certainly, markets breathed somewhat of a sigh of relief. We did see, <laughs> of course... Well, they the, can just start breathing again. Indeed. The Consumer Price Index, the main measure of inflation in the United States, that came in broadly as expected with prices rising by 0.4% in the month of April. But we did see the headline annual growth rate ease a smidgen from 5% to 4.9%. That's the first time in two years it's been under 5%, Tom. It's important as well to reflect on the core measure. That's the uh, underlying measure that came in at 55 That was what the market was looking for. So I suppose this is the tempo with which we operate uh, these days. It's month to month, you know, period to period. You've got the PCE numbers. They're those inflation figures that are tied to what... U.S. workers earned and spent. You get that out of the way. You look forward to the inflation figures. We've gotten through the cycle this time around. I was quite intrigued as to the rather modest response on the part of the markets. The, they really wavered. We had the Dow Jones finish down by 0.1 of a percent. That's neither here nor there. The S&P 500 had an interesting session celebrating in the early part of the day. It was up of a percent fell away uh, at its worst it was down by a half of one percent it did manage to rally uh, back towards its highs finished with a gain of a half of one percent still it's not the price action it's not the way the the prices would behave during the day in light of these sort of numbers for my satisfaction well tom what it points to is the continued uncertainty around what the u.s federal reserve will do going forward so financial markets have priced in a slimmer probability of a rate rise in june but of course there is some angst still around the core numbers so what we did see overnight was core prices did lift by 0.4 percent as expected but it was the fifth straight month they've risen by that level or more so core uh, underlying those two terms are used interchangeably just in case you're getting a little bit confused, which is easy to do. And they exclude volatile food and energy prices, which is important. That's what the, the central banks... we rely on most, they exclude. They do. It's quite interesting, <laughs> isn't it, that the central banks would do that? But, of course, the US Federal Reserve has a 2% annual inflation target. So we're a long way from that, Tom. And last night we saw the continuation that the cost of services in America from restaurant meals to auto insurance and dental care to education, they're still surging those prices. And we have seen the continuation of a lift in prices of recreation services, personal service, communication and the like. So what this all points to is some stickiness on the inflation front. Sticky is something that we um, hear a lot about when it comes to inflation at the moment. So, yes, there was an incremental move, but it wasn't enough for people to start popping champagne corks. It did help where long- and short-term interest rates were concerned. We saw both two- and ten-year Treasury notes down by a reasonable margin under the circumstances. It's still odd. I mean, what did stand out in the way that stocks performed was that the NASDAQ was a little more compelling in its price action. So it's always quite revealing, I find, Ryan, to look at the way 
the prices behave during the session. It tends to be quite revealing of the character of the market. Absolutely. Uh, and really, the, the, if you look at the tech sector, it's the most interest rate sensitive. It so is. in particular, it's earnings and it's growth profile. So those mega cap tech stocks performed much better than the cyclical stocks in particular. And a contributor to that, of course, Tom overnight, was the fact that Alphabet shares climbed 4.1% as the company rolled out more artificial intelligence for its core search products in response to increased competition from Microsoft. It's true. So there is a consistent AI theme running through the market at the moment. It's like uh, a new fashion, which has been around for a while, but it seems like the rubber is hitting a road. It was interesting to note, Ryan, within that conversation, that Airbnb, which reported its quarterly numbers, it featured an AI conversation in terms of being able to optimise its business more effectively because of artificial intelligence. Bottom line is that they could see quite decent margin expansion, uh, and that is the sort of thing that excites investors. Well, it does, but unfortunately for Airbnb investors, the share price did slide by 11%. They were disappointed with the uh, sales guidance for the second quarter. That's right. Weak bookings forecast. So perhaps there's a little bit of a reining in of consumer spending when it comes to travel, Tom. But Ryan, when you look at Airbnb's free cash flow, so free cash flow is something that is quite important to understand for the average investor. So if you were to put it in the context of your household budget, once you've paid for all your bills, free cash flow is the money that you have left over where you can go and buy a chainsaw or... What would you buy? I would buy a blower at the moment. There's a lot of leaves in Sydney <laughs> with the wind and cold weather. They are very handy devices, I must say. So that's the money that you have left over. And uh, when you look at uh, Airbnb's free cash flow, it is up substantially. It was a record in, in this quarter. It, uh, it was up by 30% compared to the same time last year. For the stock to fall by 10% under these circumstances on disappointing guidance, I feel like it's a bit of a misstep. Could be, and we'll find out we'll tomorrow. See. That's the beauty of the next day, Ryan. Absolutely. That is the, the interesting thing of watching uh, the story of a company pan out from, from day to day, week to week. What else was uh, on your radar last night? Well, last night we also had Walt Disney's earnings come out and Disney's streaming losses narrowed during the fiscal second quarter as prices Price increases helped offset the loss of subscribers at Disney+. Plus. So the company posted revenue and profit broadly in line with Wall Street's projections, and it reported significant growth in its theme parks during the second fiscal quarter. However, its TV unit struggled. So Mr. Iger, who uh, was the CEO who retired, uh, Disney was struggling, so they dragged him back out of retirement, probably paid him a gazillion dollars to do it, but... Are we seeing the evidence of Mr. Iger's experience here? doesn't seem that way. Well, certainly if you look at what's happening with Disney, it's, it's really much focused on its streaming services. And, of course, he's overseen a broad restructuring of Disney, including a targeted total of 7,000 job cuts. Yeah, so that's a lot. the poor people in the theme parks greeting you at the entrance probably aren't so happy they're, at the moment. They're probably on their 13th hour of a 15-hour shift. Well, exactly. And there's a third wave of layoffs expected before the summer. So a bit of cost-cutting going with Bob's resumption of his leadership. Indeed. So let's have a, f- a look at what's going on in the local picture today because it'll be a fascinating day. 
Uh, we will kick off with a decline of around 0.2 of a percent, according to the SPY futures. But last night, after the market closed, we saw the announcement of a very significant transaction, uh, Ryan. For some time now, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about what's going on in the uh, lithium uh, sector, not only locally, but globally. You know, we've had a couple of big players elbow their way into the Australian conversation. They're sort of kicking the tyres, having a look under the bonnet with some of the producers. It's caused a lot of uh, fireworks, perhaps, where, where share prices are concerned. Last night, though, we got the revelation. We did. We had Livent Corp. Its shares lifted 5.2% after Australian lithium miner Alchem agreed to merge with the US-based chemical manufacturing firm to create a $10.6 billion US dollar firm, Tom. Indeed. So... Uh, this uh, transaction looks like it will be successful. It, interestingly enough, it's being steered by the chairman of Allchem, Peter Coleman, who's formerly the uh, CEO of Woodside Petroleum. So um, a very canny individual in relation to transactions. Uh, this will create the third largest lithium producer globally behind uh, Albemarle and SQM. It'll be interesting to see what happens with local lithium stocks. Well, absolutely. And let's not forget that Alchem was formerly known as Oracobra. Yes, it's already the, and uh, the result a of a transaction. merger with Galaxy Resources yeah. back in 2021. So it puts the company before this transaction amongst the top handful of lithium producers globally. And of course, it's understood the deal will be underpinned by rising lithium prices and demand for the metal used to make electric vehicle batteries and... Of course, that announcement could have a significant impact on Alchem's share price today, perhaps. Indeed, you would think. So the interesting thing for me, Ryan, is whilst there is something akin to a gold rush, using the old expression, to uh, try and get production up as quickly as possible in the smaller to medium part of the ecosystem where lithium is concerned, the big end of town is not resting by any measure they are consolidating at, in very large transactions, which you know previously you might have thought, gee, that's a really chunky thing to swallow, that, that type of deal. But here we are seeing those sorts of things get over the line. It's uh, meaning that we're almost going to another level, as the kids say. We've seen a lot of action in this space already. We've had Liontown Resources yep. and Albemarle and, of course, Pilbara Minerals has, has been out and about and a lot of mention of them and the like. So... It's a really interesting space at the moment, and of course, Australia's a big beneficiary as a producer of lithium globally, Indeed. and it's expected that by 2027, our lithium exports in terms of value may actually match coal exports, according to the Department of Industry Which and Energy. Which would be a moment in history, wouldn't it, to see that happen? The transition. Indeed, it, uh, a, a, new, a new country. So uh, let's just quickly have a look at the commodity prices. Uh, oil prices, interestingly, gave up on the rally that has featured in the last couple of days, uh, down by more than 1% in the case of the European and US benchmarks. Interestingly, Ryan, uh, figures, Chinese trade figures have shown that uh, Chinese oil imports have fallen by about 16% uh, in monthly terms. That's not the sort of thing that you would expect, and that's weighing on oil prices at the moment. Well, generally, yes. If you look at the trade data out of China, that suggests the recovery is very muted Anemic, at the moment. And it's very much concentrated. Underdone. The, well, that's absolutely right. Underdone is the word. It doesn't look like we're going to get the stimulus that we saw back in 2008. That's disappointing markets at the moment. 
And of course, we have seen the commodity space broadly under pressure, base metals and oil prices both down. So certainly that's a dynamic that's impacting those commodity markets at present. What highlights are on the radar for you in the next day? Well, certainly in terms of company news today, we get updates from GrainCorp, which is expected to announce a big profit as those wheat prices and wheat demand continue to be quite strong. Also, we get an update from explosives company Orica as well. At the same time, importantly, we have Westpac shares trading ex-dividend, which could be lower today. And just one other point to make before we go, we've got the Bank of England tonight. So it's expected to lift interest rates from 4.25% to 4.5%. So the glow and the cheer of the coronation (laughs) from the weekend may be short-lived, Tom. Yes, well, look, um, they spent a fortune on that uh, event. Maybe a, a bit of austerity won't hurt them. Absolutely. Have a good day, Ryan. You too, Tom. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.